And give him the praise. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give him the glory right now. Let's lift our voice. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your mighty touch today, Lord, and for what we feel in this place. We're looking at Mark chapter 7. If you would like to stand with us, we're going to read from the word of the Lord. Brother uh, Ryan French, our assistant, is in Middle Tennessee preaching revival has been there for several days and they seem to be having a great time and uh, we thank the Lord for of course our ministry here and for whatever we can do to touch the world and to minister for his cause thank you for being here today and for this beautiful time of worship isn't God good to us Whatever you're facing, God is, is able. And we're living in very, very exciting days. I know some are nervous and many are frustrated. These are very troubling times. <clears throat> I believe that we're racing the rapture. That is, the rapture is so close. We're just like we're having to get up speed just to get it all done before the rapture. And to believe God for end-time revival. Does anyone believe God is able to save the lost in these last days? It is what some would say, the Bible refers to this on occasion, that we are approaching the midnight hour. That's how close we are to the end of, of things. So these are exciting times, and I'd like to read from Mark chapter 7. <clears throat> I know my voice is very... Uh, uh, not very, <laughs> is very uh, messed up, but I'm going to read a couple of verses here. Give me just a moment. This is one of the rarest examples of Jesus' miraculous deliverances in the Bible. There's only one other place where a deaf man is mentioned in this way. Now, the deaf are mentioned many times, but for Jesus to... Uh, bring a miracle upon the deaf. This is the one example, the healing of the deaf man. And only Mark uh, mentions this particular miracle. That is to say, the other gospels do not mention this miracle at all. Verse 32 of Mark chapter 7. And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. Now, of course, we know that if someone is deaf, then they cannot speak without instruction because they wouldn't know what or how to make sounds they cannot hear them so they can do it but they have to be instructed and so it was obviously that in ancient times and certainly this man the bible says it this way had an impediment in his speech and they beseech him to put his hand upon him can you say praise the lord now notice verse 33 and he took him aside from the multitude now, this is, in fact, also rare because Jesus usually performed the miracle in front of everyone. But this rarity to respond in such a way, but only by pulling him away from the witnesses is in itself interesting. But let's continue. And he put his fingers into his ears and he spit and touched his tongue and looking up to heaven, he sighed and saith unto him, Ephatha, 
Fathah, which is an Aramaic word that is to say, be opened. And straightway his ears were opened and the string of his tongue was loosed and he spake plain. I'd like to preach today from this message and I believe it's the will of God today to receive this from the Lord. Do you hear what I hear? Could we lift our voices, lay your Bibles aside, and let's pray together. Come on, let's, let's pray for just a minute. Father, we don't have long today. It's been beautiful, but our hearts are drawn to the Word of God. Heavenly Father, we too took up to heaven, our souls, our eyes looking towards you. And I ask, Lord, that he that hath an ear will listen. And those who cannot hear, that their ears will be opened. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. And you may be seated. Do you hear what I hear? Now, every miracle Jesus performed demonstrates both his power. Everyone say his power. Every miracle that Jesus performed has a dual purpose. It is not just to demonstrate his power or to do a miracle in the natural realm, but it demonstrates both his power and his amazing love. In each, it demonstrates the amazing wonder of the love of Almighty God. For example, they bring the deaf man pleading for Jesus, and here's what they say. And we, I read it in your hearing, and I'm going to go quickly because I want, I want to preach to you a little. But uh, let's, let's look at this. So the deaf man is brought, and of course he's deaf. He can't hear anything that's going on. He hears absolutely nothing. They bring the deaf man, and they plead for Jesus on his behalf. And here's what they say. Put your hand upon him. Is anything wrong with that? Not a thing in the world. But that is not what's going to happen. But they've seen it before. They knew he had done it many, many times. The touch of the hand and great things took place. But how many knows that we serve a mighty God and he can do things the way he chooses to do it? God works in many marvelous ways. I don't know where you are. I don't know your circumstances. But I can tell you today God knows who you are. And he knows how to take care of your need. And this time, in this miracle, a mere touch was not in God's plan. A mere reaching forth of the hand was not enough. Something deeper is going on in this circumstance. And every once in a while, God has a plan that is able to circumvent the devil. I got news for you, devil. You are a liar. And we serve a God that is greater than any force in this world. God is able. Hallelujah. The prison doors can open. The hearts can be changed. We serve a mighty God. It was essential to Jesus' purposes to highlight the otherwise obvious if you cannot hear, then speech or human utterances and communication is vitally impacted. Of course it is possible because the human spirit can rise above it. A deaf man can learn to speak because of the human ingenuity. But somebody has to help him. 
It is not possible for anyone that cannot hear a sound to make uttered speech that makes sense to anyone. They must be taught. So if you cannot hear, then speech is not possible without help. The famous Helen Keller was not only deaf. By the way, she was Jesus' name. I don't know how many people know this, but that's another sermon. She was baptized in his name. She wrote about it. She said, there's no way in the world Jesus was anything other than the mighty God of heaven. She could neither hear nor see. She was not only deaf, but blind as well. Her story is quite famous, and so I hesitate to even bring it up, but of course it is most apropos here. She grew up mostly like, an, uh, Lord, I don't want to insult Miss Keller, but she was very much like a wild child. She was almost uh, like a, an animal, and many people wrote about her and said she was an animal. Because the parents so compassionate couldn't stand to withhold anything and so on. And you know the story. I'm not, I don't uh, have any reason to go further except that her, her deafness altered her life in amazing ways. But one day somebody got through to that brilliant little girl's mind. She was a young girl. And, uh, and here's what they did. They convinced her. It took everything. The story, I even just thinking about it. <laughs> Woo. Uh, I'm not here to preach the story of Helen Keller. But they convinced her that she could hear. And thus she could communicate. Of course, her ears would never be the means by which she heard. And there are many people that do not have ears at all to hear, but they certainly hear. They never hear the sound, but they understand what is going on. As sure as a young girl heard a young Miss Sullivan say to her, You can be somebody. You can be different. You are not a savage. You can understand. <laughs> and so they taught her that her hands would be her ears. They would take their fingers and make little, and they would grab her hand and she'd slap her in the face and she'd grab her hand and she'd slap her in the face. This went on month after month after month. She was like a savage until one day she got through and she taught her those little sounds right there, those little things in your hand, that means doll. And she grabbed her doll and she grabbed her. And she ran to the little baby. And for the first time in her brilliant little life, she understood that those little symbols in her hand meant doll. And she ran to the area, picked up her doll, and returned. And that was the beginning of one of the most brilliant minds in the nation's long history. Helen, you can hear. Your hands will be your ears. And Helen Keller would become one of the great communicators of all time. She had neither voice or eyes or ears. 
And yet I preach of her life here today and millions have used her story because somebody convinced her that she could indeed hear. Jesus wants us today to see that hearing impacts all else in life. If you're listening to the gangs, if you're listening to the devil, it impacts everything. If you cannot hear God and you cannot hear his voice and you cannot understand his words, if you do not hear, everything is impacted. And I believe that God knows exactly what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Sometimes, you know, I say, Lord, why, 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 Lord? I don't understand, but God knows exactly what he's doing. I'm talking to somebody today. I'm talking to someone as sure as I'm standing in this pulpit. God knows what he's doing, and it's hard for you because you can't hear it. You can't get it. He sends a blind man to the pool of Siloam. And says wash. He puts mud in his eyes and says go wash. It was God's way of saying I know what I'm doing. I know exactly what I'm doing. Another merely touches the hem of his garment. And they're healed completely by the touch of God. Hallelujah. You can hear my friend. You can hear my friend. It may seem impossible. But you can hear. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can we give him a little bit of praise here and can we just love him a little bit? Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. So whether it's the hem of his garment or the pool, God knows you. He knows what it is you need and so he calls the deaf man apart from the noise he says, come on, bring him over here. Oh. <laughs> he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows how to bring you into his presence. He knows how to help you in the time of trouble. He has hands that will lead you. He has hope that will touch you. Bring him over here away from the crowd. Away from the noise, which of course he had never heard. He had no concept that crowds made noise. He knew nothing of the sound of the crowd. He knew absolutely nothing about how the hum, perhaps the vibration. I once preached a revival where a young deaf boy... <laughs> was so hungry for the Holy Ghost, he said to me. He would do this. He would put his hand. He would slap his hand. He'd, he would slap his hand like that. And then he would say, and they would he'd do it. And I was preaching. They said, uh, wants to talk to you. And he would slap his hand. And he would say, I know I'm deaf. And he'd slap his hand. And he didn't know that he was making a unbelievable sound through that church. I mean, he was hitting that piano. I thought he was going to knock a hole in that piano. Now I was going like that. But you know, a piano is hollow. This was one of those uprights. 
that we had kind of a thin wood on it. I'll never forget it. Never, never. Pounding on that thing. Tell Brother French, I've listened to every word you said. And I'm, the tears are coming. I'm trying to hold back. And, and he said, tell him. And they're, they're, he's saying, uh, Brother French said, uh, he's heard everything you're saying. And he said, and now I want to get the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues. But I've never spoken any language. I don't know how to speak. Not because he couldn't have learned. It would have been possible for someone to have given him the education. It could have come up with certain sounds. It would have been almost for sure that he was deaf. You could tell it. And it would belie the fact that he could not hear. But he could have made sounds perfectly understandable to human ears. But he had never learned. And he said, I have never learned it. But I now believe what you are saying. That I can receive the Holy Ghost and I want whatever God has for me. I've never spoken English. I've never spoken Russian. I've never spoken a language. I use my hands. But I want to speak in other tongues as the Holy Ghost gives utterance. And I want to tell you, I was a young minister and I was scared out of my wits. (laughs) I stood there. And I look like the toughest, most anointed, powerful, tall. Preacher. Oh, I looked so in charge. And my soul said, oh, God, what do I do now? This He's a sincere, and I have never, I didn't say to him, well, I have never seen a deaf person speak in tongues that never spoke any language whatsoever, ever. I've never seen it. I'm 20-something years old. Was this before we married, Sister French? I've never seen it. I never said it. I just said, you're going to get the Holy Ghost. And then they signed it to him. And he got this biggest smile on his face. And he said, and I, I meant next service. You know, I've already preached this dynamic sermon. And all these people got the Holy Ghost and God's moving and we're done. And his big old smile and he says, oh, oh no, no. Sign. Uh, I want it now. Right now. Hallelujah! But God had more in mind than a young deaf boy in Kentucky. God was changing a young preacher that was going to learn a lesson of God's miraculous power he had never known before. You can believe something but never know how to utter it. You can know it to be true and never been there. I never saw the stars. I wasn't there. But I tell you there's a God that was there. I tell you that God is able. And so I said, all right. All right, Jerry, come on. We're going to pray right now. And God's going to give you the Holy Ghost and you're going to speak in tongues. They reached over. They laid hands on him. He started jumping and shouting. Of course, he was imitating me. He was doing exactly what I was doing. He was shouting, waving his hand, praising God. And all of a sudden, 
a boy that had never made it. I mean, he made all kinds of sounds, but he never made words. All of a sudden, he began to speak in other tongues like he was from that country. He was talking to God in an unknown tongue that went on for a long time. And he was changed, but I want to tell you, I know he was, I don't want to be out of order here, but I have a hard time believing that Jerry was more changed than that young preacher. That preacher was so touched, so moved, that he could barely walk out of that service. I told the Lord, I will never doubt you again. I don't have to see it. I just want to hear it. I just want to hear the voice of God. The deaf will hear. The blind will see. So he calls the deaf man apart from the noise, noise which he has never heard. But God sees not only what is, but what is about to be. He knows. He knows the beginning from the ending. Jesus didn't have to say anything. Now, I know folks brought him. I don't mean nobody was there. I don't mean they were in a vacuum. I mean that the crowd didn't have to have any participation. And Jesus, as much as said, though he said nothing, that you guys standing here, none of this is on your behalf. He said nothing. The crowd was absent, a few that were there. He did speak to them in a moment, but he, they were not in emphasis. So then he did something that he had never done. And I want to say, here in your hearing, if you can hear, if you can hear what I am saying this morning, Jesus did something that he had never done. There is no record in the annals of time. There is no circumstance. Now, you say, but you don't know. That's right. I do not know all events. But I can say without doubt that what is about to take place is recorded absolutely nowhere else in the annals of human time or history. I happen to have a degree in ancient Greek and Hebrew. I mean uh, Latin, Roman and Greek in other words. I do have a degree in Hebrew, but what I'm saying is I have, happen to have a degree in both of these ancient cultures, the Greek and the Hebrew. There is no place in all of he <laughs> all of oh, hallelujah but he say praise the lord okay we're going to do it of any roman or greek god or person or pious individual nor any record of scripture or anyone writing about jesus who himself was aramaic aramaic is just a form of hebrew he was from the hebrew people 
they were taken over, of course, by the Romans, and and uh, Jerusalem was under Roman rule, and and Roman Caesar was over the whole world, and Jesus was born into that world. There's no record in all of human history, all of the libraries that were ever built. There is no place in human in human society where any of the events we are about to hear ever took place before or after that I know of, that I'm aware of. Now, I'm, not, I'm not saying I've read every book and we know of everything. I'm not suggesting that I have. I'm telling you there is no record in human history of such a thing happening. The Bible says Jesus said not a word, but he put his finger on from both hands, of course, so we would say his fingers, into his ears. Now, I will suggest that that got his attention. It was a rare thing. I mean, it's, you talk about invading someone's space. And who would have thought when they were saying he, maybe they could communicate? I don't know exactly how he may have been communicating. I don't want to venture that far into speculation of how in the ancient world he may have been able to have communicated with those that brought him and so on. I would suggest, of course, he could and he did. And in ancient culture, they did. But how and exactly how it was worked out is, is uh, for another time. But I do not think for a moment, even if he understood he might reach his hand and he's going to put his hand on you. And when he does, you just wait. It's going to be history, bud. You're going to be a new person. And then all of a sudden, he's waiting. He's wondering. He can't hear anything. It's just silence everywhere. And all of a sudden, there's a finger in this ear and a finger in his other ear. I'm quite sure that altered, perhaps startled, and you know, I want to say this. I, I feel, if I didn't just feel so strong in the Holy Ghost today, God doesn't do it the way someone says he has to do it. Amen. To think that you presume, is that word too strong? To presume to tell God how he's going to work, when he's going to work. I would suggest today that he cannot be ordered by human voice. There is no command of humankind that can order the steps of God. You cannot know when or how God will bring about something absolutely beyond possibility suddenly the fingers of the savior are in your ear and the bible said once his attention was grabbed that he took spittle from his own mouth and he touched the tongue of the deaf man all of course every bit of it symbolic 100% fingers in the ear, spittle to his tongue, every bit of it. Someone said, now maybe it was every once in a while, you know, God wants to know, are you really, really, really sincere? He wants you to see that you are really, really, really trusting in a God that is above what man can do. Friend, I want to tell you, he can be your doctor, he can be your mother, he can be your father, but you've got to trust him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And I want you to trust the church, love the church. I want to love you and so on. But when in the end, in the end, Jerry, 
You can pound on this piano until it splinters. And there's nothing the young preacher is able to do. But do you hear what I hear? I hear something that human ears cannot comprehend. I'm beginning to feel something that is different from what men have told me. And devil, you're a liar. You're not stealing this sermon. God has a plan for somebody today that goes beyond human comprehension. He took the spittle and he touched his tongue. Devil, you can just like it or lump it. He took the spittle and he touched his tongue. Now I can suddenly hear something. <laughs> I can hear it. <laughs> you say, what? What? I don't, I don't hear that. That's, that's what I'm asking. That's what I'm saying. I, I hear it. I can hear something. I, I, for example, can hear someone asking, why would God use symbolism why the fingers in the ear why the hem of the garment why the pool of salome why and on and on the question goes and i believe it's all right to ask questions when your baby's in the hospital and the doctors say he will not make it through the night i can understand you asking why it would only be human to ask why but i tell you today god knows the answer to every question that you have I hear someone asking. So I want to tell you. I want to tell you why. Every move that Jesus made had deeper significance than merely the man standing there deaf. That doesn't distract from it, but it is more. I would say double, but I don't, I don't want to overstate it. In other words, there's more than one thing. It's not just the man standing there. It's you standing here. It's not what he hears. It's also what you hear. Do you hear what I hear? Can you hear what he heard? Are you able to respond about a man 2,000 years ago born of parents? Nobody knows a name. Nobody has ever heard his name. So many of them, we don't know their names. Now we do know four gospels says that when they came to get Jesus and arrest him, that they grabbed Jesus and the apostle Peter got all excited and he grabbed his sword. He thought it was going to take over. <laughs> this is what happens when you think you can get ahead of God. And the Bible said he reached and he grabbed his sword and he sliced off the ear of the servant of the high priest. Did you know that all four Gospels tell us that story? It's very rare for John to follow the other three Gospels. He's always, because he wrote about 30 years after the others, he always is trying to give us the spirit, of course, <laughs> through the anointing of God, giving us what he wants us to have. But John doesn't just tell us that he grabbed the sword. We got the same story. Grabbed the sword and sliced off the servant of the high priest's ear. But then John adds what none of the other gospels tell us. And his name. 
I want to tell you, all those years, somebody wanted to know who in the world was the high priest's servant that got his ear back, who had an ear and then he didn't have an ear because somebody got ahead of God, chopped his ear off. Some pictures, some people think that, well, I, I don't, oh my goodness, folks, you're like we're transfixed here. And so almost as though he cut the ear and Jesus caught the ear. I mean, some people think perhaps that's how it happened. And he instantly put it, just like that, put it right back on. And John said in his name was Malchus. You see, that was saying all these generations of folks have wondered and you've wondered, was there really a name to it? And the Holy Ghost said, you know what? It's not very often that I give a name, but I want you to know this man had a name. They all have a name. But it doesn't matter if you know or I know. It doesn't matter if others know what you're going through. There's one who knows your name. He knows exactly what you are facing. So it is. You and I are standing before him, that is, before Jesus right now. Yeah. And the issue remains, can you or can you not hear? Are you able to realize that your only hope is going to come from his lips. That's what you have to know. You say, I'll get it from my drugs, my cigarettes, my friends, my neighbors, my gang, my job, my money, my bank account, and you put your confidence in that, those things. Can you not hear? Can you not hear, Jesus? I'm telling you there's a place. I'm telling you there's a hope. I'm telling you there's an answer, but you have to have an ear. You have to be able to hear it. And so it is we stand today before him needing to realize that our only hope will come from his tongue. It will come from his own self. Or are you able to let Jesus touch your ears? Are you touchable? Can he touch your tongue at will? And will you let him do what only he can do? The deaf man's communication remained dependent upon his ears. Just think of living in a world of silence, completely deaf to all around and all sound. You can hear absolutely no sound. You have vocal cords, but you, you, but how to, do you know how to use the vocal cords that are there? Every bit of this is symptomatic, symbolic of all of us born with the human soul, born in the image of God. We have ears, but we don't know how to hear. We feel the touch of God, but we don't know how to respond. And sin pushes us away every time. Sin says, no, no, don't listen to that preacher. No, that's just fanaticism. And the devil tries. And you say, oh, they're not a devil. They're not a God. They're nothing. No, 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 no. On you go and you can not for one moment understand what all of this is. But the world of silence, 
that world of disability, that world of dysfunction and the limits that were brought upon a young boy, a child, and then one day they handed him to the father and said this, no, 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 he's, uh, he's, he's never, no, no, he, has, he, can't, he can't hear. He can't, he can't hear anything. He can't hear anything at all. Nothing. He's not going to ever hear. There's nothing we can do. And that's what they were told, and that's what they had. And the master's first words to him were Aramaic. F fatha. F fatha. He didn't say it in Greek. He didn't say it. Now, friend, I'm telling you, there are just a few Aramaic words in all of the Bible. But God himself decided to let the words that were to be spoken before he would ever hear before any words would ever come to his ear. Be opened. And all of a sudden, a boy, a man, the first sounds pass through his hearing canal. Now, I don't know if you noticed that I passed two words that I cannot, and I'm going to end. I'm about to end. Some of you think, oh my goodness, I'm about to end here. But there were two words I skipped. I just went on. I just said, I got to go. I got to go. But I'm not going to let them go yet. I'm going to come back to them. There were two little words. If you look at it, I think it's 34, but anywhere right in there somewhere. Jesus, the Bible says, looked up to heaven. And just at the point, that is pointing us, of course, look up to heaven. It's sim- every bit of this is, is, is sim- symbolic. The Bible says he looked up to heaven. And as he did, we have these two words. He looked up, and there it is. Jesus sighed. And there you have the double image. Not only was this important because of us sitting here in Jonesboro today. The sigh, of course you could say the sigh itself was, was a, a double emblem. But, but it was way more than that as he saw what Satan had done to a life and to humankind, a man that had never had ears that could hear. The sigh was that cry of concern and love, compassion and the demonstration of his love. I'm talking to somebody today that God loves you. And you are wondering what that means. What does it mean? You say, I've never been loved like that or whatever you're saying, but you are saying it. A man who had never heard, a man who could not speak. He could neither adequately speak to or hear from those who loved him most. A mother never heard his mother's voice. He felt her touch. He saw her, but he never heard her voice. And that touched the heart of God. So much so that before he spoke Ephata, he sighed. Which is another way of saying he groaned. There's something inside of him that 
and they noticed it was written. Uh, we're reading from Mark chapter 7, and Mark wrote it down. He sighed. Mark was there. They saw what took place. Jesus, the deep sigh, that is to say, just as he has never heard a sound, now the sound that you are hearing from the lips of Jesus are the sigh, it's the groan that says, devil, you had him, but you will let him go. You had him bound. He could not hear, but it is done. You are defeated. Suddenly, the Bible says straightway, that's a good King James word for whammo, which is a Hebrew word for whammo. I mean immediately, wow, he sighed. That's not a word, folks. Sighing are not words. It's sounds that express something very, very deep. Something so deep it's hard to even comprehend it. And some of you today are knowing that God's love is on your life. What I'm asking you today is, and I want the musicians, come on, come on. I'm, I'm going to get, I'm, I know I've, gone, I've been going here. I'm, I'm just about there. The devil may snatch men's created awe right from their hearts, their eyes, their ears, their limbs. He may take their sight, their, their ears, their hearing, whatever, whatever, whatever. Satan thinks that that's it, that's it, but my friend, it's not it. He knows good and well there'll be no sickness in heaven. There'll be no cancer in heaven. There'll be no tears in heaven. There'll be no dying in heaven. Jesus stands ready right there. The sigh of God is I love you and I care for you. Fatah, he cried. Do you hear that? The rustling of the wind about his face perhaps. Do you hear? Do you hear? I'm being restored. Do you hear it? Maybe it's up in that tree, a bird, maybe something over there. Do you hear what I hear? It certainly was not the crowd because the crowd was dismissed. The deaf man was no longer deaf. His ears could pick up on every sound. He was so close to his Lord that he could hear every breath. I mean, if you're close enough to stick your hand right up and do this and take your finger and touch someone, you're close. And to have brand new ears, to hear the sound of the breathing of your master. I'm going to just say it because I'm completely consumed with this message. The devil is a liar. God is ready to restore you. And I know you're being kind. You're listening to me. But you hear the sound.